0: Come on. Ro, are you ready? You bet, man. Well, I am ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grombacher. Raul Hernandez Ochoa is a business strategist. He is a coach, a consultant, he is the host of the Do Good Work Podcast. He's also an author and a blogger. I'm excited to have you on. Well tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, personal life over in San Diego, California. It rained today, so I don't think it's always a sunny sky. So <laughs> we took a walk with uh, puppy Golden Retriever with my wife earlier today. And during the walk, just uh, got to the time to relax and also think about how we can continue to add value to our clients. Uh, the work that I do is pretty interesting when it comes to the words that I use. It's a design work. So it's designing on how to build the business that best functions for your goals, your outcomes, your ideals, and your teams and the impact that you're trying to make. So I think it's important because every business is custom fits to its owner, to the, the runner, the operator, and its goals. So it's important to be able to, to think about that and uh, build
0: accordingly. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. Strikes me, you you probably find people who are successful, but it's more the tails wagging the dog. We can just talk about because we were just talking about your dog. What is your dog's name? <laughs> uh, Bailey. Bailey, golden retriever puppy. I bet Bailey's the cutest dog in the world.
1: Oh my gosh! look at me started. She's a <laughs> she's a, she's, a, she's a troublemaker's foot that way.
0: Yeah. So, is is that the case where you have people who are successful, but it's more the 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 business is 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 wagging them around more so than the, than than they're in control of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on where you're coming from and what your goals are. Like sometimes you feel that you're stuck and you're unable to grow because of fulfillment. You're afraid that hey, if I add too much business, can my team fulfill? Can I fulfill? Is it all on me? Am I working nights and weekends? And uh, do I, I'm afraid to let go. Am I stuck delivering all the services myself? How do I leverage my IP to scale like my brain and the work that I'm doing? So just taking these experts because they're good at the work that they do. I mean, they're either like niche down in their industries and they're the, the go to, but they just have to unlock a certain certain things within their business to be able to truly delegate, have the systems work for them and have a team that actually appreciates the work that they're doing and for them to drive that shit forward. Because with business, it really depends like in you know you, you'll appreciate this too it's like it's either going to be a revenue model where you can invest your time in other businesses other ventures other investments or it's going to be your sole thing you can do a lifestyle business so it really depends like what are you trying to build and how can you build that accordingly
0: yeah it's interesting right it's like i I'm, i am stuck because if i bring on too much business I, I'm going to have to do it or I'm stuck because I'm going to bring on too, biz, too too much business and, 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 and I'm afraid to let go of it, right? It's like this double-edged yeah. sword.
1: Even on the sales side too, Like usually the founders are the best salespeople because they're so passionate and people want to talk to them. But when they're actually building out the sales team to create more consistency, they're like, well, I don't know if this person can actually close like I can. Or maybe their sales success is like sucks in the first quarter. But when you talk about like the fourth month, the fifth month, the sixth month, they become better than you become more, uh, more of a nuisance. If you're just focusing on sales as opposed to other areas of the business that matter the most for you.
0: Yeah. So, so when, when, when you have an engagement, I'm I'm sure that everybody's going to be different. Uh, but, but what, what's sort of the starting point of you evaluating the opportunity or, or or how you can help? That's actually a really interesting
1: question. And to be transparent, like been focusing a lot on horizontal versus vertical niching focusing like am I focusing on a specific vertical of like the same businesses or am I going to just focus on the craft and I decided to focus on the craft because I go through a three-step protocol and like I outlined in the book as well but it's essentially identifying where you are in your business and what those goals truly are and it's like a design mechanism to be able to look at how am I going to build this then the second is pretty much straightforward because every business is almost 98% the same. Like you are unique, you're a different human being, but the anatomy of humans, we're almost almost all identical, right? When it comes to the biology, the molecular level, stuff like that. So we focus on that second piece in the business and we start building out evergreen flows in your core operations and understanding where like the key operating uh, KPIs or uh, performance indicator for your business, what are the ones that matter? and what actions actually attribute to that which are the habits who does them and how are they done and how can you create a system that trains the people around you or even just you if it's just you to be able to consistently deliver results and consistently deliver for your customers and for you know inbound business and then the third prong is more in the leadership piece it's like how do i i built this thing cool how do i maintain the success how do i maintain the momentum and that's what I've been focusing on when it comes to those engagements is the process is proven, the process works. It's just making sure that we apply it to each unique use case. And um, I've found that if you're starting out, just having this like a backbone is helpful, but it's typically those who have already experienced success that it makes the most impact.
0: Is, and, and, and why is that?
1: They have more problems that are easily, easily solved by some like very specific areas of focus that they can see. No, I think the, the saying goes, you can't read the label from inside the jar.
0: Mm, that is a really good saying too. That's what I, <laughs> and it's so true. And I also have to imagine that, that it's nice to be theoretically talking about what's going to shake out in the future. But if you're working with somebody that hasn't really had the track record of success, and this is what I know works, uh, but I just can't figure out how to get, do more of it working, um, I imagine that that is probably a cool exercise to go through, but not really very fruitful. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I, for the methodology, like I built this out of experience and results. So there's not a lot of theory in it. It's more practical, like I had to. Yeah. Um, but when you replicate that with different business models and different type of entrepreneurs and you start to identify what are the characteristics that makes the most sense to actually achieve some, some sort of su- positive, successful outcome, that's always defined in the first stage. Um, but again, going back to like the anatomy of the business, it's always the same. And it's just making sure that we identify how we uniquely apply that to your business and build out the strong foundation. Because a lot of people feel like they're like building on quicksand, and that's not a good feeling to have.
0: No, no, certainly not. All right. And, and how often do do you find that that businesses understand what their KPIs are?
1: Most uh, most already know them, but they don't understand how they attribute that to a key action within their company and who's actually doing those things.
0: Okay, tell me so more it, about that. A,
1: yeah. So what I like to do, and we can do like a mental model here and like we can talk spreadsheets. Um, let's look at like the left hand column, like your key operating performance metrics and we'll outline them. There's six, 12, nine, depending on your business. Right? So let's look at 12 on average from there. You want to identify like, what are your goals and where are they at right now? Oh, we're actually not measuring. Well, let's find out. Let's get the, the baseline <laughs> first. That's the first step. Once you measure and you understand your goals and you see what you're doing, then like, okay, cool. What is the habit that, directly influences this leading indicator. Because we're looking at the leading indicator, not lagging, because lagging tells us the past. Leading tells us what we have control over. The habits, though, are either done by you, someone else, or a machine. And by machines like software, AI, level two AI, whatever, right? And we want to be able to identify, should you be doing this? Should someone on your team be doing this? Can you hire someone to do this? Can you have a contractor to do this? Or should you actually just create a some sort of software or some sort of automation that does this for you? It's very important to do that. And then depending, again, where your growth goals are, if you're going to build a team around you, you need to document, this is how we do what we do. And then when you do that, you want to make sure that you have that embedded in the DNA of your company and not over-documenting, because I've also had that flip side for clients that this needs to be documented, that needs to be documented. and like, no, then if everything's documented, nothing matters, really, because it's overwhelmed. So it's just looking at that holistically and working with the team to build that out and um, Typically when it comes to like the entrepreneur who's like the visionary, the founder, like super creative, this part of it gets a little bit harder because it's more in the weeds of the business and more tactical and that's where I really come and leverage the team's experience, leverage the business experience and making sure that we can create something holistically but that's best fit for you and also best practice.
0: Yeah, that certainly does make sense. So being able to link a habit to, to the KPI, can you give me an example of, of of what that might look like, or what that's looked like with some people that you've worked with in the past?
1: Well, let's look at a simple one. For we can look at two. One for operations and customer fulfillment or customer service. Uh, let's say you're selling an information product, and for that customer fulfillment, you have a habit of following up with the customers, or if they're asking for refunds, how do you mitigate that? And what are the processes? Or I, I I don't call them ideas, but like the logical steps to go through to make sure that we can either Give them what they want or give them an alternative. On the flip side, then you have the sales process. So every business needs sales. It's like the lifeblood of business. When you do that, let's look at lead generation. Cool, with lead generation, what are the habits that you're doing? Oh, we're doing podcasting, we're doing LinkedIn, we're doing direct outbound, and we're doing some email. Okay, cool. What are the habits that are associated with those? These are the habits. How do you actually do that? This is how we do that. What do you actually say? Well, actually, we never practiced that. Let's
0: look into that. It's interesting, right? And is it, do people struggle with this just because it's 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 so much? And you're like, tell me a little bit about you, what, what, what will you really perceive your value to be.
1: I think I can orchestrate chaos. And that's the thing. It's not that businesses are, are, are chaotic. I just think that a lot is happening at once because as an owner, you're thinking about the PL, you're thinking about, your operations manager, you're thinking about this customer complaint, you're thinking about this upcoming meeting, you have this other thing. And it's also like, where do you find the time? If you built it out where you have a team and you have that time, your bandwidth should be focused on more important aspects of the business, either attracting new partners, creating new relationships, or bringing in new business as opposed to someone in your operations team that needs support to be able to actually handle these kinds of problems with a, like a, like a framework, Towards it, instead of just saying, "Hey, we're going to solve this one way and this other problem another way," it's using a similar framework to address all issues.
0: Yeah, that's 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 fascinating, right? Instead of what probably, and and I'm probably a victim of this, knowing that I can solve any problem, I'm this, you know, this this wonderfully magical person who can put fires out, but that's yeah. a complete waste of my time, right? <laughs>
1: Exactly. and When you start <laughs> leveraging, like I had to do this with a client and I told them like, if you do this, you know how much your hour is worth as the whole team, how much is our hour worth? Right now you're at two grand an hour. So this better be worth, you know, or eight grand of your problem to solve. It's not. So we need to make sure that we delegate the right expertise to the right, you know, position or role in the company and have the team and be able to leverage what's already existing and solve problems at the root.
0: I imagine is is has that proven to be an effective way to get people's attention to say, hey, we've broken down what your actual value is per hour.
1: It gets people to it's it gets people to react a certain way because this the work that we're talking about. And this is, again, I'll be fully transparent. This is not top of mind. Mm-hmm. It's sexier to do other things, to build business, to uh, to like you mentioned, put your firefighter hat on, right? It's sexier to do that than to do this, to to do proactive work because this is a as a second thought, as an alternative thought, like oh, this is uh, a lot of heavier lifting work, and when you frame it in a position where it benefits the team, it, it benefits the owner, it benefits the business. Um, for mindset, like you can't put a dollar amount for your your mindset or how relaxed you're going to be around the business as opposed to be having that anxiety like anxiety is probably the biggest thing that we have to like tackle um, for owners because it's making sure that we have certain dashboards certain protocols certain things in place so that you have peace of mind the team also needs to be happy because well if they're not they're going to burn out and burning out teams it's, it's costs more to actually replace them than to keep your team happy and then your customers as well And then even for the other impact that you're making within the community, within your family, and how you actually show up, that's the most important
0: piece. Yeah, yeah, that certainly makes sense. Are there, hmm, how how does a company know when when they're ready for this?
1: That's a really good question. Um, One of my recent engagements actually had nothing documented, so that's when they knew, like, hey, we're growing. We don't have anything. You need to help us. Mm -hmm. So that was a big, glaring one. Um, others are where they're, con- they're, they decided to do, um, a milestone go like, Hey, we want to reach X amount of revenue, but they also don't feel secure when they're moving towards that. It's just making them aware of the fact that there is a way to create stability in your business. And that's why I focus on certainty. Like how can you create certainty in your business and all aspects of it? Not just like, Oh, lead generation and sales and that I'm going to keep the lights on. But after you made that sale and after, you know, you step away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I would have to think, right. Anybody who wants to create certainty or wants to have certainty in their business is probably a good candidate for, for what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct.
0: And that's everybody. <laughs> 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 well, that's,
1: we'll, we'll niche it down, right? We'll, we'll focus on particular businesses just to make sure as, as I grow myself and the team. Um, but I think that it is important. That's why I wrote it as a book, so that I don't I don't hold anything back, so anyone can use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like engagements, that makes sense. It's like you have to be in a certain place in your business and have a certain trajectory and mindset to to really apply this stuff and understand its value.
0: Yeah. How how how, how does ego play in for 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 the business owner?
1: Oh, so many ways. <laughs> like letting go of yeah. trusting the other team member. The problem with that is that you can't tell a business owner hey, your ego is getting in the way um, because that's almost like a direct insult saying, hey, you don't actually trust your team. And when you put it in that terms, that's actually what is happening. But when you put it in that terms, they don't want to admit it. And sometimes that can be a negative way. So how can you be kind and not be um, like not be a jerk and still get the point of cross? So it's alleviating that pain. Without having them fall on their face because that's the most important piece Like when I'm working with clients like they need to learn the hard way, but I can't let them fall too hard because that affects other people Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that how can create contingencies? How can we create reports or dashboards that they want to see how can create peace of mind? And at the same time trains like hey this there there is a better way you can do this You can let go and that is probably the hardest thing when it comes to this because that's the leadership piece that's the the ongoing success mechanism piece. Because for me, the begin the design is easy because that's fun. Everyone loves to do that. The building blocks, the second phase, that for me is easy because well, it's when you do it, it's for me it's simple. Some founders think that it's difficult because they're not on the analytical side. But when it comes to actually maintaining that success, that's the most important component. And like I have a thesis like when it comes to like the hierarchy of business like issues like sales is the beginning, hiring is the second systems processes third and then as you get higher, it's leadership and the last peak is mindset. So when you have all all these mindset coaches or mindset entrepreneurs like that's the good ones, when they stay up there, it's not an easy job because you're definitely working through inner workings of of whatever whatever they do, childhood beliefs or whatever it may be. But that's the toughest cookie to crack because that's working within
0: the actual person. Yeah, it's interesting, right? not dissimilar to to Maslow's hierarchies getting all the way to uh to that self-actualization getting in there crawling inside the brain yeah. and <laughs> and all that so yeah i i i i love it fascinating so it's designing and everybody likes that 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 phase of it and then actually getting the building blocks in place not quite as interesting to to certain kinds of people, but then really maintaining that success, and it's tough to stay on top of anything, right? It's tough for mm-hmm. professional athletes and musicians and business owners. Um, why is it, it could is, be
1: it could be human nature? You know? Yeah, it could be human nature. Um, thankfully, we have technology that allows us to keep consistency when we don't feel like it. That's a key thing, as well as to leverage the technology in an appropriate way um another one of the things that i've been discussing and like uh if you want to call it a thesis but the future of business is human the more human you can become in your ideas your creativity that's what's really going to feel it because when it comes to the running of the operations the running of the show um you can do a lot of that with machines you can do a lot of that fulfillment and people are going to want to be especially for the service-based businesses that I help they're going to be able to relate to the owner to the business to the brand and have that sort of spark that connection and the biggest value add that owners or visionaries can add to their business is what is the new idea that I can do? What's the new upcoming trend? Who's this new partnership I can develop? And that always partakes in human relationship. So business is human. The future of business, it will continue to be human. But it's also how can I leverage either the current ecosystem that I built within my business, the current environment of technology? Because uh, more and more every day, like AI is progressing and we're not like at level three, three, we can actually access that but we're at least getting some good cool tools that can help us reduce man hours by if not days and not weeks
0: yeah i love it or all savage nations ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them
1: things that most important is how you show up how you choose to show up as a leader and the way that you're going to show up with your team to your business to your um to your responsibility and also for the impact goals that you want to make yeah that's the most important thing that flows
0: through everything that you do well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. Raul, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you?
1: Uh, best place is the website, dogoodwork.io. That's
0: D-O-G-O-O-D, work.io for input, output. Love it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show, show Raul your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to dogoodwork.io. and check out all the great resources. Um, Check out the podcast as well. Thanks again, Raul. Thank you for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.